0: From Orms, this is Orms Air, where we unpack and investigate the compelling questions at the forefront of our creative community's consciousness, joined by the artists, photographers, and creators brave enough to step up to the mic and join us in discussion. everybody, and welcome to Orms Air, the OMS podcast. This week in our digital studio, we are joined by creator Temba Mbuyisa, whose authentic representations of our home have catapulted him into the spotlight. Temba opens up about his meteoric rise to fame, going behind the scenes with international streaming service Netflix, and why the authentic representation of African stories in worldwide media is a necessity. Welcome to Orms Air. Hi. Lovely to have you on the podcast um, chatting with us.
1: So lovely to be here. <laughs> it's been it's been actually a while since, I wouldn't say it like interview, I wouldn't call it interview. It's yeah. been a while since I've had a conversation with yeah. anyone about my work or photography or anything, really.
0: Have you just been, you've just been so doing... It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've just been... Doing. I've just been practicing, but not mm-hmm. like really engaging.
0: Mm. Uh-huh. So we we sort of we sort of like to to start our conversations out by just touching on um, our guests' um, creative origins. So I wanted to ask you, um, sort of, how you discovered photography.
1: Yeah, it depends. Do you have how much time do you have? Because <laughs> it's actually a long story. <laughs> it depends. So I think. The story of how I got into into photography was a build-up that I also wasn't aware of at that time. Mm-hmm. So it started in matrix when I was doing like my grade twelve at school. Yeah, I can't remember if I was doing grade twelve or grade eleven, but yeah, and I only got to to hold the camera four years later. So what happened is <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, so this is how I understand my story of how I got into photography and I've thought about this like for so long and this story makes sense.
2: Yeah.
1: I was supposed to go to a metric dance Yeah, and obviously I was like a stylish person while I was growing up, um, especially in my high school, I just loved fashion. Yeah. So I needed like, um. I needed a suit that, that was going to be fashionable in a way.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, then it happened that I think on my matrix year mm-hmm. I was like strolling I was like um, teaching to a magazine I think it was drama or mm-hmm. It was True Love. And then I found this person a designer. Her yeah. name was her name is Jamalaz.
2: Yeah.
1: Then I reached out to her. I reached out to her um, for the for the matrix suit the Matrix dance suit um, along with like my other two friends so we were like looking to get uh, Matrix dance suits from her and then she did them and then what happened is that I wore it and then it was a beautiful suit yeah but the following year she was she she was opening a shop and that's where everything like started like to get interesting. So the following year, I was doing my first year at University of Great wilders wiland I was doing a BSC in computer science. And this lady that um, had done my suits was opening a shop on that same year. Yeah. And then she invited me along with like, my other friend. And then we went. Then when I got there, I just like discovered uh, a whole new world of fashion, of Influencers of just like being in a creative space, yeah. you know, I mean, at her shop opening, mansi Ribana was there, um, who else was there, VGAP was there, like a lot of people that yeah. are relevant today were there. And this was like in
2: 2010.
1: Wow. So, yeah, it was like a long time ago. But at that time, like I didn't, I didn't know anything about photography as a whole. I was just mm-hmm. like interested in fashion. Um, so I got introduced to to her and her friends,
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: I got closer to her and her friends as well. But then I was like just this young seventeen year old boy,
2: yeah,
1: um, discovering like new world that I was starting at Vids. And then I went on, and then while this was happening, at Vids I also got introduced to. A new world as well mm-hmm. of um, internet um, of blogging because previously I, I didn't have access to to like twenty four hours of internet.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean it was it was only when I went to fishery that I got into 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 discovering more about the computers and everything. Yeah, and was I was studying like um I was studying about computers anyway. So while well, like I was discovering fashion through jamagazi I mm-hmm. mean um, having met her friends, I was since Kumbuzo, on the other hand, I was discovering the world of like the internet and yeah, yeah. and then somehow somehow I just like started like chilling with the fashion people more and um I was just started like documenting them using my brothers or my cousins like Carter, yeah, and then that's how like I just like started like introduced to photography but at that time I didn't know what I was doing as well yeah. I was just like um, creating content just to post on my blog at that time mm-hmm. and then I just started like going to exhibitions from the influence of the friends and they were much older than me I think like when I was 17 most of them were like over their 30s
2: yeah.
1: Mm. yeah. And then they told me about this school. That. Oh, and then like um, in 2011, I couldn't like continue studying. Like I was just like I was not interested anymore, mm. and I wasn't doing well. The funds were like so low. So yeah. I knew I couldn't go to my mother for like that amount because I was studying two hours a week. Yeah. And then I dropped out. And then I spent, like, 2012 just, like, exploring myself, exploring my interests and everything. And then they told me about this school um, called the Market Photo Workshop where I can go there and um, get a browser to study. And um, they'll also, like, borrow me a camera while I'm a student to use. That's incredible.
0: Um,
1: And the fees are, like, so low and... But well, the courses were not like as long. I mean like the intro, introduction course is called foundation course was like eight weeks. I mm-hmm. think for like three thousand five hundred rent or like four thousand rent for just the school fees. Wow. And then you also they also like borrow you a camera to use. And you also like can qualify to get a buzzery about fifty percent. Mm-hmm. And how you pay off this buzzery was like through working for them was either like Photographing at an exhibition, or working at the reception, or whatever. Yeah. So I got to the school, and I just started like. That's where my photographic journey started when I started like starting my foundation course at the Market for Workshop in
2: 2018.
1: And from there, a lot of things just like started happening um, with me and the type of photography that I was doing. Mm. I don't
0: know if that like answered your no, your question. That did. 100%. <laughs> I love I love though it that you did. that you almost you almost discovered um like a different sort of visual art form and when I say that I mean like fashion and sort of um shooting video for your blog mm-hmm. but I love that I love that 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 um understanding and passion that you have for fashion. I love that passion for fashion. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that. So
1: like yeah. when uh I think when, when I got to the school... Yeah. Still, 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 I didn't know anything about photography. Mm. Um, I know my mom was mad that uh, I was living with.
0: I can imagine. Um, but yeah. then,
1: I, yeah, I kind of like lied to her. She asked like, so if you study photography, what type of jobs are you going to get? Mm. And I was like, no, I'm going to like at a magazine. <laughs> I didn't know that eventually... Three years later, I would, I would actually work at a magazine, but yeah. So I got there and then like my whole world changed mm. and I felt like what I was doing was my camcorder.
2: Yeah.
1: I was shooting like, I was doing like short videos and like the vlogs and some images using that camcorder. But when mm-hmm. I got to the market for a workshop, it was a whole different um filled it was like a whole mm-hmm. different um culture of photography and yeah the yeah, it's just, just like it was the most beautiful experience ever mm-hmm. because I got there and I realized that I don't know anything and I have to learn everything. And the more you learned about something it's the more you wanted to know more about something and yeah that's what happened um it was it was a beautiful experience i won't
0: lie yeah we um, i won't lie like <laughs> we love market photo warehouse they do such incredible things they really do and this
1: yeah they've done like yeah incredible things
0: the most beautiful thing about that is it creates and like you were saying it creates the space where everybody is given access and it, it, it just it's it like Mm -hmm. almost it grows this art form and obviously from orms you know we are obsessed with photography and the photographic art form so any space that allows people to understand and grasp and grasp and learn more about this art form is just phenomenal Mm -hmm. in all courses
1: yeah i mean i got the uh my step at like doing research yeah. you know something that i haven't done that something that i haven't thought can exist in photography
2: yeah.
1: um just like doing research um finding out um photography photography from like specific from like specific points of view you know yeah. like um, and like just like reimagining photography from like different perspectives as well like mm. it, it's I got there, and then I just became like a whole different person. Um, uh, yeah, it's was, it a was sort of like a lonely journey in yeah. a way, mm-hmm. but filled with a lot of people around you, yeah. you know. Like, you're going there, you, you're you reflecting about yourself,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or you're reflecting about a certain um interest that you have on a certain topic, yeah. but then at the same time, while you're like surrounded by a lot of people still become like a lonely journey because you projecting your own ideas into something that already exists you know like that's that's how I think like if you're taking a portrait of someone, you are projecting your own ideas, but then that person already has their own world in a way you know mm-hmm. it could be like a landscape, it could be anything, so I got there, then I learned a lot, and yeah. things just started happening and um from that I just wanted to learn more and more and more and more. And it was like there was something new happening um big for me, mm. like I think almost every year, ever since 2013.
0: And you I mean you you have your your career has grown so much. Just just from doing research yeah. um for, for this our conversation right now, there's actually an interview that I wanted to refer back to, in which you refer to your um, your work as, and I think you've you've touched on this now as your opinion. So you're you're almost putting mm-hmm. your opinion out into the world and then allowing other people to perceive it and then take from it what they will. I love that
1: photography is like that. It yeah. should it should um, start a dialogue. Yes. When you're photographing something, I, I see this happen a lot, and sometimes mm. it's it annoys me. Like, as much as photography is a lonely journey, it's not about you, mm. you know. Um, and it's not about the person that you're photographing, yeah. but it's um it's it's about the medium itself, you know. Like, what you're doing today may not matter right now mm-hmm. because it's not about you. It's not about you, like. It's not about you using it at that time, but yeah. it can matter like a few years from now when people, like think of it like now we're under lockdown and it's like COVID. Yeah. People that, um like young people that are not experiencing the time that we live right now mm-hmm. would look into looking at the images that were created in this era and in a way they would like um understand or they would like reflect or just like mm. sort of like reimagine how life was like in this specific period of time, you know? Yeah, completely. so imagine someone that's like taking self portraits um during lockdown mm-hmm. and they don't release them and then someone else like thirty years from now finds them and now it's like a conversation starts up between them and um whoever is looking at the at the photos at that time, you know, yeah. like so I believe I believe that um the photograph should like that's a certain dialogue mm-hmm. and it it can be like dissected however um, however we see it fits to be yeah but then not really taking it out of context
0: yeah uh, like a hundred percent it's like a like a visual history
1: it is a visual history
0: um, you're actually just talking about um self portrait. Um, we've noticed on your Instagram that you you regularly practice taking self portraits, and um, in mm-hmm. f- in fact, it was like predominantly your form of photography for a couple of years. I think it was 2013 around that time. Um, do you? How do you think self portraiture has influenced your style as a visual artist? Has it influenced your style as a visual artist?
1: Ooh, um, I love, I love self self portraits. Yeah, and I've done like um, I've done a period of work around self-portraiture, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, but I think like here's another thing: like I explored it so much, mm-hmm. just that, um, to a point where I felt like I needed to stop and focus yeah. on something else. You know, um, I started like photographing self-portraits from a fashion point of view. Mm-hmm um me getting dressed uh me like um showing off like how um but not really showing off like me identifying myself as a a certain character Mm -hmm. within the fashion within the fashion medium
2: yeah
1: and then it grew it grew like to using it as a as a as a way to 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 research on like gender and um sexual ideologies you know mm-hmm. and then like it's it just like grew from there to to it to 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 self-portraits like mm-hmm. to me using self-portraits like to 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 find out more about myself in a way and uh, my thoughts and, like, how I choose to to live in the world,
2: yeah.
1: um, including other people, you know. Yeah. I did a body of work on self-portraiture. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of it was, like, nudes and with other people, you know. Yeah. And just like questioning some of the, just like questioning, like, some of the things that I had to go through myself. Mm-hmm. But then, like, I was using self-portraiture to speak about myself and also including like other people in a way you know and I think I'm just like while while we're talking about this I'm just like trying to picture the images that I was creating as well yeah and I'm trying to like find or remember what I was what I wrote on it because I'm also big on writing
0: yeah you are I've noticed that your um your Instagram captions are never they're never simple
1: yeah so My first self-portrait project was really just about the idea of home,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, loss and longing, like most like nostalgia. But um, speaking about family relationships, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and how they can like, um, and how they can be like a a vital aspect of someone's future, like from their childhood, you know, like, um, so the top the soft portraitures that I took were mostly photographing like in one room in like one in one house. Yeah. Um and most of them were like black and white.
2: Yeah.
1: And then I also like included some soft portraitures that were taken outside of that house, of which was like colour. You know? Yeah. Um, part of like my main, my main influence at that time was that like I was scared to be in a relationship and mm-hmm. now I'm growing up yeah. and I'm expected to be in a relationship outside of home, you know, and one of the reasons that I was scared to be in a relationship is because like I see and including myself as well, there's like a lot of young boys that are growing up with out uh, their kids. Mm-hmm um and most of them are african and i'm a part of them and now since i'm growing up to be a man mm-hmm. am i also going to follow the footsteps of my dad or am i also going to follow the footsteps that the kid from next door who also doesn't have a dad mm. you know yeah. um am i also, am i going to follow all of those footsteps you know so what i did was like um i took self portrait With people or with like girls that I've been intimate with, Mm -hmm. Um, I took self-portraits of me alone, muscles and nude. But um, what I did was that, like, I separated the two, the the work to be seen as if like it's two different type of works. Yeah. So when you look at the black and white photographs, they're like all square. Mm -hmm. Um, They're in a square format um the black and white and they're photographed indoors um bring in like a concept that's like if you indoors it's either like it's black and white like if, mm. it's simple if there's like two young adults in in a house and they have like and they close the door like it's either black and white mm. and then when you're outside it's like so colorful there's like a lot of like um Choices that one can make, yeah. you know. But when you like in indoors, like yeah, um, I think it it works better if we're looking at the photos and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was I was interested in the in the idea of like um, sexual identities and similar relationships, and um, I explored it, and it took me that took me to a lot of places and. Yeah. I'm scared that people were enjoying it and people were sort of like relating yeah. to 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 the idea that I, I I proposed to them and most of them it's like it's a topic that they didn't know how to start or exactly. it's a topic that they feel they've been a part of even though like they were not in this journey with me but they feel like They've been there, you know. Yeah. They feel like I've been like a reckless young adult doing like reckless things and not aware that these things could lead to um, destroying someone's life. You know, yeah. You could like you could like get pregnant uh, at an early age, but you, you're not aware while you like being a carefree young person.
0: Yeah, we're gonna take a quick break and hydrates. But while we do that, you can help us make our creative community bigger by spreading the word and sharing Olm's air with your community. We'd love to have you join the discussion and make your voice heard by DMing, inboxing, tweeting, emailing, or even carrier pigeoning your most burning creative thoughts, questions, and wonderings. Go on. You know you want to.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. I don't have these soft portraits on my instagram though there, do
0: i there there are a few. maybe I,
1: maybe i have like one or two maybe i have like one or two.
0: But yeah there's actually yeah there's actually some that you shot recently
1: oh during lockdown
0: yeah i mean i was i was sort of referring to the ones when when you were focusing when that was your focus um and in that story <laughs> that you were telling about the being inside and home and almost like being protected and then the outside world is colorful and full of a lot of other influences Uh uh but these yeah i mean mean, like yeah
1: let me see let me see i'm (laughs) just trying to find i'm just wait i'm trying to find what i wrote about this and it should be somewhere here on my phone then i'm gonna read it for you okay I also enjoy reading. I also enjoy writing.
0: Yeah, you you um you're you're a beautiful writer. You express yourself like beautifully through words. I mean it's I feel like most artists are multi <laughs> multi talented, but to be talented mm-hmm. through visuals and expressing um an opinion and a thought through a visual and then being able to match that with, with writing. I mean it's I feel like it's maybe not fair. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the the name of the body of work was called Arrested Development, and I wrote, like, not really a project description, but it's like an attestation statement on, on that specific work. And it reads, so, I've just brought a girl, a girl home. I've already envisioned what's going to happen between us. Sometimes it's fun, but in my mind, fun doesn't always last. Mm-hmm. I'm so scared to allow her in. I've always wondered, why did my father leave my mother? And each time I would ask myself if I'm going to be like him one day we maybe I'll try again tomorrow. I'm in mean, my 20s now, I'm expected to have a life of my own outside of home and hopefully be in a stable relationship one day. This work questions the fears of being in a relationship, the circulation of events in and around them, and the confusion in my bring to one's life. It is not provoking to me to experience these transient relationships. I hate the feeling of waking up the next morning feeling stupid and sort of guilty for what has happened. These personal experiences sort of construct different kinds of queries in mind, emotionally and physically. And the result I have, create, I have created a body of work that includes certain type of queries and response to the kind of levels I could consider a, a cinematic. and they remain black and white, Sort of an me, do they believe it, have experienced it, or it could just still be in the imagination when you think about a relationship? As a result, I have created a self-portrait photographic series shot in a night scene with with women I have been intimate with, where the outside scenes are colorful images showing a man in search of. Sometimes it's poetic as if something has just happened. Or it's about to and the black and white image is in the form of a grid, all shot in doors. As you all as we most often pick and choose what to take in or out whenever we're into someone's space. Yeah, so I ho- I wish I could show you these images, but I can't.
0: Are they gonna be on your website that's launching soon?
1: <laughs> yeah, my website has been launching soon since twenty seventeen.
2: Yeah, I've been.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. I know where you can see them.
2: Okay.
1: I have another Instagram. I have another Instagram um, account. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's mbuzza underscore timber. It used to be private for quite a long time, and then I just recently made it public. Yeah, that's my baby. Whenever I want to escape social media, yeah, I just like post there and um. And not give my other account attention.
0: Yeah, do you do you find that having two separate accounts um, almost helps you with your with what you're posting or how you're feeling at that moment?
1: I don't know. I think the other the other one has too many eyes, and mm. it has grown into something that I didn't think it would grow. Mm. And sometimes, sometimes, like I feel like I feel like it's a space where I don't really belong in but in a way I've like created a space in it. I've created a space where that I can belong in, but yeah. personally I feel like I don't belong in it. Uh, mainly because I don't understand. I don't understand social media, especially Instagram. Um, I use it um, every day, but still I just don't understand it. I just don't understand how people think uh, Instagram is. you know, yeah. It has become like this, thing that's supposed to give you bragging rights in a way mm. you know you get a follow from someone and then you want to brag about it um, someone doesn't like your your post or they're not following back it becomes problematic you know mm. um, someone is viewing your stories but they're not following you and then you're like starting to judge them you know yeah. It has become like this thing where we just like like a photo without really engaging. Mm-hmm. And then when someone starts to speak about that photo that you've seen um, on your feed, it's hard for you to remember until like you go back to it, you know? Yeah, of course. So social media to me hasn't like really been something of a platform that I understand. And it hasn't been a platform that I have, like, Really, really invested uh, my emotional intelligence into it. Mm. You know, I use it, but I just like I don't invest my emotional uh, intelligence to social media.
2: Yeah,
1: so I think like having having two separate accounts Mm. sort of like balance balances that for me because the other one has like about eighty followers. Yeah, and it's people that people that um that know my work and like mostly like people that are following the people that want to find out about my work mm. and we engage with the type of photographs that i share there
2: yeah
1: uh more like through DMs or through like um spoken word um it's so the work that's been there it's not really about me but it's about what's happening around you know mm.
0: No, completely. It's
1: not really about, yeah, it's not like a test. It's not for brands. It's not.
0: Mm. It's
1: for you. It's just like, (laughs) yeah, even though like sometimes I forget about it, but it helps me from time to time.
0: But I think this is the thing, and I think this is what you were speaking about. It's that it's almost that anxiety. Like we're so connected now all the time. So you feel like this pressure to keep up with the posting and with the responding to comments and with liking all the pictures that you're meant to like and actually it really shouldn't be like that it should just be another way that we connect
1: yeah Yeah. it should be like i enjoy photos where i obviously have to think about the photo and then Mm. i go and then i create it yeah i enjoy like a a conversation where someone was asking me why did i do this photo or why you know or like a photo or uh, it could be like any comments besides like, "Ah, oh, this is so cool," or besides like the five thing emojis. Yeah,
2: could be. <laughs> it, it
1: should be a conversation starter. And while I'm posting this, mm. I should also like think of something else to do from the comments that I'm getting. You know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: or so I should have like see it in a different perspective from my initial initial thoughts on it. Yeah, and. There are there are some people that do that do this and um are very them but most of us don't really engage in that way. It's sad sometimes.
0: Yeah, it is. It's almost like you're anonymous while you're still trying to connect.
1: But another another than that, like mm-hmm. social media is amazing.
2: It is, yeah.
1: And and it has gotten me to places that I didn't think mm-hmm. that this one platform can get me to and that's why like as much as we can critique it we also have to like thank it and be thankful that it exists and it opens like so many doors for us.
0: Yeah but I suppose then it's also just how you how you approach it as a person and I can imagine as a as a creative, it must be a very um, abrupt or like disruptive experience because you're having to separate yourself from your work so much that you're like, okay, this is Temba, the photographer, the creator, and then this is Temba, the human who's behind all of this. So like that, creating those two, you know what I mean? It's like splitting yourself a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I think like one of the one of the reasons why I just stopped a little bit taking self portraits
2: mm.
1: was just to find that connection mm. because um I finished my photographic studies in twenty fifteen.
2: Yeah.
1: And the following year I won the L Star Reporter Award.
2: Yeah.
1: And so I was moving from this um, art world, mm-hmm. um, using contemporary photography in an art form. Yeah. To the fashion world, using like fashion photography to sell something, you know, or to to showcase something. Yeah. And it was like it was like a big jump for me, and I had to I had to adjust. Yeah. And while I was at L, I found out like most of the photographs that we were creating had to be beautiful images. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they had to be of, like, someone specific and they had to be represented in a specific certain way, you know. And so with the mind that I I had before, I couldn't, like, continue using it in that um, work environment where I was right now. And that's how, like, I, I just stopped a little bit, like, just, like, um, exploring the world of photography through soft portraiture, and then mm. like i moved i dived deep into fashion and it's not a it's not a bad thing, but it was like it was interesting for me to just like change my entire perspective mm. and my entire view just from just from um my daily expenses, my daily experiences from from the type of work that I was doing. Yeah. That's why I, I stopped a little bit taking self-portraiture to balance the two walls where there's, there's Timber, the creative, and then Timber, the photographer. Mm. And then, in a way, it's only, it's just only this year where I feel like I have formed the balance from, I've formed like a balance between what I used to enjoy and what Mm. got me to a certain point to the commercial world where everything is just like balancing and nothing is like, nothing is more than the other.
2: Mm.
0: I love that. Nothing is more than the other.
1: Because sometimes you find out that um, your fashion photographs, oh, well, maybe you might think that's like your personal projects Mm. are lesser than... Your fashion photographs because mm. your fashion photographs are getting more likes or they're getting more
0: attention.
1: Um, they're getting more engagement and yeah. more people like are commenting on it. Well else like they can be one thing. Yeah. Um but in like different in different mediums and like in different worlds, they can be one thing that live in like that live in different certain worlds mm. or in different platforms. No? Yeah. I can have like a fashion photograph on my Instagram and then take that same idea and then put it in a gallery or put it in a book. You know, now like we speak about the same thing, but in different perspectives.
0: Yeah. What gives each image that separation? So what makes an image like artwork that would be hanging in a gallery? and yeah. What gives the same image that commercial appeal? Is it you, the photographer, the eye that makes the image? Or do you think it's the person who perceives the image, so the viewer of the image, that adds that like separation onto the two things?
1: There isn't really like a separation between the two. Mm. Uh, I mean, a photograph is a photograph. Yeah. But if you're taking like this one specific photograph and then you're putting it in a commercial context, mm. and then it becomes a uh, commercial. a commercial yeah. photograph you know um but if it remains in a in an in an art context it's still like a photograph yeah. so i think nothing separates one image to be either mm. commercial or art mm. it's just like how you use it it's mm. like how you use that photograph i mean like i can take any photo and then put branding on it yeah. and then put it on a billboard that photograph is, because of how I use it, it becomes a commercial photograph. Mm-hmm. And that's just my thinking around it too. But nothing, I think nothing separates it. It's just all in how you use it and where it sits.
0: And while we're, we're talking about commercial work, you recently um, photographed some stills for Blood and Water, which I love, by the way. Such a great series. Um, to our listeners out there with your headphones on if you haven't watched blood and water please go onto netflix right now and start it it's great i can guarantee you you're gonna binge watch it in one day just like i did this is obviously the second netflix or well african original show on netflix africa which is incredible it was a promotional shoot correct for blood and water with the the stars of the show would you yeah. would you mind sharing with us like how you how you almost got into being the photographer for this promotional shoot and what it was like and sort of how you approached the project
1: oh God it is like the most um, shocking thing uh, again here's why like yeah. I love social media yeah um, I got I got a DM from the producers. And mm-hmm. they asked if they asked if I'd like to shoot for Netflix, and then I said yes.
0: I mean, how is that? A and
1: question? <laughs> and then I said yes, and then from there we just like started planning. Yeah. Um. For uh, we started planning the photographs and how they would like come out and everything. But one thing that they did was that like. Um, they told me that they love my style of photography mm-hmm. and they just want me to continue photographing the way I photograph specifically for this project
0: that's
1: amazing so so on the on the day of the photograph uh, on the day where we photographed everything yeah. like there wasn't just like as much stress as I thought there would be because yeah. like they allowed me to do something that's I already love, and they allowed me to do something that I really love in in a way or in 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 a language or mm. that's in a visual language that I already know of mm. you know? and they didn't like try to make me photograph like someone else or photo like um certain references that were photographed by someone else, but they just like even even on the briefing. Even on the briefing, on on the briefing meetings, they yeah. were using my previous images as references. So
2: incredible.
1: that was that was like so beautiful.
2: Yeah.
1: and that's how that's how like everything became like so organic on the shoot and less strenuous because I wasn't trying to impress. I was just like doing what I really love to do. Yeah, and what they love me and what they Already, like loved seeing me do. Mm. So yeah, Blood and Water was like an amazing shoot in that aspect.
0: I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really hurt that the the cast are all so so good looking. Like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And there's so- yeah,
1: the cast are like yeah amazing, and the styling was amazing, and everything like was just like flowing and Mm. organic and it was a beautiful experience Mm. for everyone i'm sure
0: but you can and you can feel it in those images i mean just just going by the ones that you've posted on your instagram you can feel that it's it's like a Uh natural very comfortable space to be in and the images i feel reflect that comfortability and that natural sort of Uh, flow of things yeah Uh,
1: no one no one is trying to be no one is trying to be someone else Mm. but we were given we were given a platform where we could be there and explore our talents right. as as we used as we as we do on our daily basis.
2: Mm.
0: And then you um, you also shot some stills for the the Made by Africans Watched by the World campaign um, again from Netflix, mm. but that showcases um, some of the local visionaries and creatives who are at the forefront of telling authentic African stories, which is something that we speak about mm-hmm. a lot on this podcast that idea of African stories being told by African creatives. Um, and I, yeah. I love, I watched the video earlier, and I love that um, when questioned, the directors and the producers of the shows, their first their first sort of, the first words out of their mouth every time was, it's about time. And I feel like we need to echo yeah. that sentiment so hard because it is about time.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I think it's also about time as well. Mm. Because like it's so hard. Like if mm-hmm. if 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 me as a, as an African, mm-hmm. if I saw an opportunity in America, um, no matter how original or how amazing my idea is that I, I want to pursue in America, I'd also be at the end of the day I'll be Person from Africa mm. trying to tell an American story, yeah. and there's always going to be a gap, yeah. you know. And with Africans, it's been like that as well. Like it's always like been people from outside yeah. trying to trying to tell the story of um, a person from uh, from Africa or trying to tell that story,
2: yeah. but
1: they only know like so little about it, or so they only know what's already been shown already and i think it's really really about time people like that sharing stories from their own perspective you know from yeah. from from how they live it on a daily life and and also it gives it gives like people that are watching that original feeling in it, it gives them that authentic feel mm-hmm. that think everyone is looking for when they're watching yeah. something that's new or something that's like being presented to them.
0: Yeah, completely. who better to tell the story than somebody who's lived it?
1: Yeah, mm. there's like so many things or so many vital things that can be mis, mis- exactly. represented or misinterpreted mm. um when someone else is telling you your story, and I think like that's initiative was like so beautifully like mm-hmm. articulated and I hope it inspired a lot of people to get up and just like that's owning the yeah. stories that they carry every day. Yeah. And it's just most about owning it and seeing the value in, in the story that you have. Mm-hmm. And also like yeah. just like just sharing it. I mean, I know I did in 2013, the summer of Mm 2013 I went to I went to spend my holidays in KZN yeah and I took my camera with me Um, I was just like taking portraits and while I was taking those portraits I realized that um, a lot of people had come into the rural parts had come into the villages and it's people that grew up there, but because of work, they had to leave for the 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 whole year and only come back in in holidays, like yeah. during holidays. And I just had like a conversation. I had like a few conversations with them and just like trying to figure out like how's life in the city, you know. Mm-hmm. But while I was doing that, I was just like missing a big thing that. I got to discover like throughout that photo throughout my photographic project. Like while everyone is out trying to be the breadwinner for for their homes and living in the city and living home to work in the city so that you can come back and like build and do whatever. Yeah. I asked the question like what happens in those eleven months where you're not away, what happens at home? What happens in, in the rural areas, you know? because yeah. um, the people that are left behind are usually kids and elders, you know? Yeah. What happens to those, like, grown-up people that are left in the world? Has, how is life there for them? And because we know, like, in December, when all the breadwinners are back home, it's, like, it's all excitement. It's a good life. It's Yeah, 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 yeah. We're all celebrating, yeah. but from January all the way until November, what happened there. And then I did a I did a project on that. Mm-hmm. And there was this one specific portrait that I won't forget. So I think I was working down and then I met this old, old man.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think he was a shepherd. He um, was dressed nicely. I think I was was dressed so nicely and like I did in, in Adidas pants and he was carrying a stick and then um, obviously with his um, cows and cattle, mm-hmm. we spoke and then I took a photo of him, right?
2: Yeah.
1: And then we separated. Yeah. And then the following December um, I couldn't go to KZN. I can't remember I don't remember where I was or what I was busy with. I then asked my mom I printed like a big photo of it, I think in like an A1 size. Okay. I then asked my mother who was going down there to take this portrait and give it to this man. You know, because, you know, in in the villages, it's so easy to find someone. Yeah. Um, she did take it uh, and she found the family. And when she got there, like, she even had to call me while she was giving the the photos to them. The family was so, they were so excited for this portrait. Um, They were so, so, so excited to an extent that one of them even cried. Actually, most of them even cried by looking at the photo. And the reason why everyone was crying was because that old man, uh, Mr. Ngema, Mm. had passed on and as a family, they never, never had a photo of him. So this one photo that's like printed big yeah. was the first and only photo that he would have in his life, even though he had passed on, you know? Yeah. And that made me realize like the importance of photography and how whatever portrait that she's making today may not matter, but to someone else, it will matter and it can like change how they view life. And I wonder how's life for them right now. And in terms of like photography and like uh, documenting their family members, Mm -hmm. but yeah, they got, they got so happy. And I think I had to even remove that photo from my Instagram or anything. I think it's still, I'm not sure. I think if it's there, the caption reads as I've just explained it. Yeah. And there's like so many stories that I have um, about photography and how I've seen my photographs have like impacted someone's mm-hmm. uh, his life, whether in 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 a good way or in a thought provoking way, where they also had to look at themselves and wonder yeah. if this is actually the way to go with life, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And I'll always respect photography for that. Mm. And up till that stage in life, my mom wasn't so sure about me being a photographer. But I think because she was there and then she experienced it like firsthand, Mm -hmm. she, she saw the value and she... She's sort of like, I don't know what happened because we've never really spoken about it to that deep Yeah. To that deep extent. But I know, I know like it impacted her in a certain way because from that day she's just like started supporting me and yeah does that opening up as well from my side.
0: Before we continue unpacking this topic, we would like to give a big thank you to Orms, without whom this wonderful podcast would not be possible. ORMS is a cornerstone of the creative community in South Africa, offering industry-leading support, the latest gear, and world-class display options to photographers, artists, and visual creators, both locally and internationally. As always, you can find out everything you need to know by visiting ormsdirect.co.za. The link can also be found in the show notes for this episode. Now let's get back to the discussion. But that's—it's beautiful that you, um, firstly, you got to experience that, like act, you know, like that—that that very um, emotional show of how your work and photography as a whole connects people. But it's even more beautiful that your mom was able to experience that,
2: you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what a gift! Yeah, what that a gift was to like. That family.
1: Yeah, that was like a beautiful gift. Mm. And now, because like obviously I had like some of the other photographs that I photographed of him, obviously.
2: Mm.
1: I wasn't sure if I should personally go there and give them the photos myself, or mm. is this one, just one photograph going to be fine, or what? So, it's just those dialogues that we need to have as well, you know, and, and see how one image can impact someone else's life it doesn't have it doesn't really have to be an image of someone you know yeah or a photograph of of yourself it's just like this story right now that I've just told you yeah that can have like an impact in you now you you'd want to go find this photo you'd want to look at like other other sort of like details that you can find within that photo that can help you as well like to remember or reimagine a certain someone in your life. Yeah. That's from how this photo has been contextualized, you know. Um, and that's why I enjoy contextualizing images because it helps, like, it helps the viewer not to misinterpret it, yeah. you know. And it's, it's just that one thing, again, about commercial and an art form, yeah. Like when an image, when a photograph is being contextualized in a certain way, it's hard for you to take it out of that context, mm-hmm. you know. But if it's just there as a beautiful image, you can easily take it out of its own original context yeah. and miss the point, you know. And that's why I like to write about my photos. Yeah.
0: You give the the backstory, so you actually understand the the hi- the history that is carried in that image. You have
1: to, and then mm-hmm. what happened is that I took that entire project. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was still like 20, 20 years old or twenty one. Yeah, I took that entire project, and then I used it to apply for an art residency. Yeah. This, was, this was like my second year of studying photography. I'm doing this as a student.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then I used it and then they accepted the project and the, pro- and the project proposal and then they invited me to go there to, to be a part of an artist in residency. And it happens that that residency was in Brazil. And I've never, at that point, at that point in time, I had never traveled, never traveled out Mm. of South Africa. And here I was, this, one year old, trying to get to Brazil, and with no money, Mm. (laughs) literally with no money. Um, But luckily, that residency was paying me um, to be there, and they're covering, like, almost everything except for my flight. And then I just had to get myself there and do the work. Yeah. And I got there from this one project proposal of the people in, in the rural parts of the world. I got there and I did, like, something similar to it but with an inclusion of self-portraiture. Mm-hmm. And, yeah... Yeah, that work is still even like exhibited even today. I know the following where we exhibited at the biggest, um, the NAC, the biggest museum, the biggest contemporary museum in Brazil, and it went on to, yeah, it just like it did, it did a lot for me on an international level.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Get your work out there. Get your name out there. But it also, importantly, allows mm. you almost like a different perspective on the world.
1: It also helps you to, to relearn some of the things you, you, you thought you knew about yeah. someone or you thought you knew about a certain country. But when you get there, it's it's a whole different world. And now you have to create uh, meaningful work around that new world that you're now in, you know? Mm um so it's just mostly about getting there get as much inspiration as possible most Mm -hmm. of the inspiration you get like through conversations or through looking yeah and that's exactly what I did and I'm so glad that um I got there as early as possible because I believe that you as a person you should feel fast to learn fast you know Mm -hmm. like Whatever you do, make sure that you're learning. If you film, rather film now rather than fading later. You know? yeah. And that has been like sort of like my motto when it comes to photography. When when it comes to the spaces that I want to be within the photographic medium.
0: Yeah, when you shoot, you shoot mainly on um, you shoot film, right?
1: I wouldn't say that I used film only. Yeah. So. My process is so different. I myself don't even understand it. You see those soft portraits that you just saw of me that are on my Instagram? Those are all like taken on, on my phone, and then some of the patient photographs are like photographed on my phone. Mm-hmm. Because I, feel, uh, I just think like you can, equipment can only do so much, and then mm-hmm. the rest is just like how you use your lights mm-hmm. and how you compose and um, how you finalize your photo. So mm-hmm. I should. I do like photograph on film, yeah. but what I found out is that like my process when I'm when I'm photographing on film is so slow,
2: yeah. and
1: I sometimes think that like having 36 frames in, in a 35 mm camera takes me about three months to finish, you know. Yeah. And once I've finished it, and once I've finished that film raw, I don't go and develop it. I just put it in my fridge. So. My is like a lot of like um, used photographic film. Yeah. A lot of used data And including one training. And so it just like the process becomes so long that I don't even like track it's hard for me to even track what I was doing or where yeah. did I do this and I mean, I was just thinking to myself right now that I saw a film roll labeled 2016. Wow. That is still undeveloped. And I don't know what's there. And yeah, but I'm sure it's like a lot of like soft portraiture. Yeah. Because I know that's something that I still do, but I've just like put it on hold. Mm. Or it could have been like a session. I just don't know. So. And when I use, like, digital for them, when I use, like, digital, a digital camera to mm-hmm. photograph, it's usually something that I want to see right now and yeah. it's usually something that I want to use right now, you know?
0: Yeah, completely. And
1: there's, like, that sense of mystery or sense of, like, um, waiting that I just cut out.
0: Yeah.
1: And... One of the reasons was that, like, one of the reasons why I'm not really looking at my film photographs, most of them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: is that like, I just wanted to, to develop a certain bank of photographs, and when I look at them and like combine them together, I want to be in a certain, in a certain mental state yeah. for them. Because right now I'm just like, right now I'm just like, honestly. I'm focusing on the business aspect of things, not the art form of things. Yeah. Like, that's just me being on, being being um, as honest as possible. And, but while I'm focusing on the business aspect of things, I also shouldn't, like, um, forget about what got me here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So then that's why, like, I keep on, like, photographing. Myself.
0: It's interesting that you have that, um, that separation. I mean, I I understand because obviously, as you were saying, film is a is you have to get it developed, and you never know whether you've gotten the shot. And digital obviously makes more sense for shooting commercial stuff. But it's interesting that you have that separation between the two. So Film is art. And yeah. I have. Digital is not, not I only commercial. I don't,
1: yeah. Mm. Mm, but I personally, most of the mm. most of my works on film, I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's just that selected few. it's only that selected few, and I think I'm okay with that for yeah. now, even though like it's just like, yeah, I think I'm just okay with it mm. now. I'm happy like finding out later on what really I was doing on this specific year, yeah, and just like try and relieve those moments.
2: yeah
0: that could be really cool later on, like down the line, have a have a retrospective <laughs> of the years gone past. Get them all developed.
1: Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. It could be really cool. It's so it's so beautiful finding um, photographs that you've taken mm. a long while ago, and that you've like for that you've forgotten about.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, this same this thing happened to me. I think a month or two ago.
2: Mm.
1: So, a company from France mm. reached out to me, and then they wanted to use my images for. Teaching papers is within their curriculum. Yeah, and yeah, obviously negotiated and everything. And the images that they were requesting were images that I photographed in
2: 2013,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and there were images that I haven't seen in years. Yeah. and likely because of like a blog do exist and they carry like some of our most alien work, yeah. they found it. But blogs and um, and online and online services can only do like can only accommodate um, low resolution images. Yeah. And I was in a space where I had to give them high res Yeah.
2: Ooh,
1: and we're like in we were in level five lockdown oh, and no. I wasn't sure if I still have those images.
2: Yeah, because... <laughs> I
1: just wasn't sure. And the images that they wanted, I could see and I could remember that I photographed them on film. Mm. One of my other things was that, like, even, even if I find these negatives because I put my negatives in one place, yeah. I still have to go out and scan them. And yeah. most of the scanning businesses have closed because of the lockdown. Oh, yeah. And it was... It was, it was a scary thing because now I'm excited that because I remember where I was mentally when I was photographing these
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's in the same, it's in, it's in like the same subject that they want to use the images in, you know, and so nothing has been taken out of context. Yeah. But now, like I have to give them in um, in high res. Luckily, I found them. They were like somewhere in one of my hard drives and oh, in the perfect resolution. So, like finding finding images that you thought you have forgotten yeah. about, and then seeing how valuable they can be for other people as well, not just only for you, is really a beautiful is a beautiful experience. And I could live it over and over mm-hmm. again. here. So then that's why I'm not rushing developing and yeah. scanning the images that I've photographed that I don't see how I'm going to use them or I don't know how I'm going to use them right now.
0: But later, later on, I'm I'm sorry, I'm really excited about the idea of you having a retrospective of your years of work. I really am. So if that happens at all later down the line, please let me know. <laughs> And I will be there
2: wherever
1: it is, I, will. I will be there. <laughs> I will. I will. People shouldn't, shouldn't stop creating because they don't see the value of what they're doing right mm-hmm. now, but they should, like, create because they're doing something that they love and yeah. they're doing something that's, like, close to hard to them. Yeah. And sooner or later, they're going to see value or they're gonna find value in that. And I think that is what photography is strongly.
2: Mm. That's like you don't
1: have to photograph for people. Yeah. Like do it for yourself. But make um be aware that someone can use that truth as their own truth or they can use that truth as a form of research for themselves. Mm. So while we think this um creative thing mm-hmm. uh, we need to be as honest as possible with ourselves and with our beliefs and with our research if you still like researching like just, just be honest and do stuff that comes from the heart because one thing that annoys me is when everyone is starting to look the same and mm-hmm. Everyone is starting to do what someone else is doing. You know, like there's gonna be there's gonna be uh, what can I call this? The truth is not gonna be the same for each and every one of those people. Some one of them yeah. is gonna be lying and seeking like someone else's truth. You know,
2: yeah.
1: And I just think it it's important that we continue being truthful to ourselves and Mm. creating things or creating work that is meaningful to us and that doesn't take away from other people.
0: Mm. Thank you so much I really appreciate the time that you've given.
1: Thank you so much it's been a beautiful conversation and um, I'm glad that it went to be a conversation rather than an interview because yeah another thing I stopped doing interviews
0: (laughs) yeah I was gonna ask yeah, i can't I couldn't find anything for after the um the i
1: stopped i stopped doing interviews um in 2017
2: mm.
1: um because i just I was at a point in time where I felt like the work that I was putting out there was not my voice mm. and I was just like at a point in time where I felt like this is not what I want people to see when they're searching my name, you know? Okay. And it got into a point where I had to ask a few publishing companies to take down some of the um, interview pieces they have of me mm-hmm. up there on their social, on their on their platforms. And it was like a bit of a rocky request mm-hmm. from me. And I was just like, I was just not happy and I felt like if I continued with this type of like um visual language I'm still gonna continue not being happy. Yeah. So I just made like um a decision to stop doing interviews. Mm-hmm. Um but then I was happy to I was always happy to, to engage in conversations but yeah. don't do interviews. It got into a point where even like after I do an amazing project with like some of my creative friends. I would when they, when the publishing companies or when the magazines, whoever was interested in the work, when they wanted to interview me about that specific project, or just like, I would refer them to someone else that you've worked with on the project, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, I actually worked with this jewelry designer. You guys maybe really want to know more about her rather than me. <laughs> you know, I can still give you the photos, but yeah. can the interview not be about me? Can it be about someone else? Because yeah, it got into that point, and whether it was a model that I was referring them to, or it was like a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. I just I just like stopped doing interviews. Yeah. And I was just like doing I was doing talks. Yeah. Um at at schooling institutions, just like showing them my work and what I've done and where I've been to. And I was doing um, I was just like engaging with friends, maybe like if we bump into each other at galleries, openings and all those things, but I had to stop doing interviews because I didn't wanna mislead people with yeah. the type of work that I was seeing out there. Sometimes, like, collaborations are not really your voice. Yeah. And I feel like personal work is the voice that I wanted people to, to know about myself. Yeah. And in that, in that moment, I was still also balancing um, my personal projects and my fashion interests. And for me to balance that, I had to do work for myself. hmm Uh, and be satisfied and be satisfied by that alone first before I could share it or before like I could include or I could show it to the rest of the world yeah and yeah so that's why I stopped doing interviews Even now with Netflix like I wasn't accepting any interviews about it so I just like
0: sent
1: them to the Netflix people and I hope it didn't anger a lot of people I hope it didn't end with it.
0: No, I think I think you you should do what you think is right for yourself. you can't give more than you <laughs> more than you can give, hey?
1: So you can't and you there's shouldn't. like always the good and the bad between like each thing. Mm. And while we choose the good and the bad, I always like choose to take care of my own social, my own mental health. Mm. And my emotional health, mm-hmm. you know like I can't do something that's gonna that is not in line with what's healthy for me at that time yeah. and it's beautiful to be decisive yeah. when you when you when you are a creative instead of like being led mm. and also i I just felt like doing interviews had put me to a certain point of my career. Mm-hmm. And that was enough, and I was so thankful. And now I had to, like, I had to find a way that's new that's going to take me from that level and put me to somewhere else, you know? Yeah. And while I was doing that, I just wanted to explore the business side of um, of photography. Mm. I wanted to explore... Um, the social side of it without you really being social, but then, like, people, people knowing your name, but they're not seeing, like, the type of work or no one is, like, talking about you. Like, just, like, being on the streets instead of, like, being in the articles. Yeah. So I just wanted to explore more, and I felt like I've done so much of those, and it was time for me to find, like, newer ways of, like, taking myself to another level and I'm clear that I did that. Mm. like while you're doing the best, like you're trending and everything,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's the best time to change and learn something new, you know, that's yeah. in line with like, that's in line with your interests. Yeah. And when I stopped doing interviews, I just like started learning about and making, I started learning about project proposals, Um, I started learning about um, moving image, not just on the skills, you know, and while people were being hyped by my photographs, I was just like learning about something else, and when I come out to do interviews again, it was like new skills, everything will still be relevant, and no one... Um, nothing is going to be short-lived because I feel like as creatives, our our paths are so short-lived because we fail to learn or we fail to put ourselves in, in a situation where we need to learn something new for us to survive. And I, I just think it's boring when you wake up and your challenge is doing something that you're so good at. So mm. Your only challenge is doing something that you've perfected. I think it's for me I think that's boring and
2: yeah.
1: I always try not put myself in that position where I'm doing something that I'm perfecting mm. you know and that's one of the reasons why I had to um uh, uh, as amazing and as a dream job that was but mm. I also had to look out for myself and my mental health yeah. and uh, my knowledge around um around myself and how and where I want to be as well. You know, I can go on for days, like, I know when I'm chilling with my friends, sometimes we just like, we talk about these things and then we end up like going forever and then we become late to Mm -hmm. wherever we need to be because the conversation just starts from being serious to being extra serious, you know? And then it starts and then it goes to-
0: Yeah, going very deep.
1: I saying, like, we also need to take care of ourselves as creatives yeah. and not only depend on something that you created,
2: no, but
1: depend is... on like yeah. the new skills that you can build from that thing that you created.
0: Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. I think that's really important for everybody to know. Thank you
1: so much, Rachel. Right.
0: Thank you so much, <laughs> Tampa. It was lovely to speak with you.
1: It was lovely to speak to you,
2: too.